Today and every day, Planned Parenthood is committed to ensuring that everyone has the information and resources they need to make their own decisions about their bodies, including abortion care. Lawmakers who oppose abortion are attacking Planned Parenthood, which means affordable, high-quality basic health care for more than 2 million people is at stake. The right to control your own body and get the health care everyone needs has been stolen. And now politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills that would block people from getting the sexual and reproductive care they need. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves health care. It's a human right. That's why they fight every day to push for common sense policies that protect your right to control your own body and against policies that interfere with decisions between patients and their doctor. Planned Parenthood needs your support now more than ever. With supporters like you, you can help reclaim your rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future. That's PlannedParenthood.org future. Here's an HIV pill dilemma for you. Picture the scene. There's a rooftop sunset with fairy lights and you're vibing with friends. You remember you've got to take your HIV pill. Important, yes, but the fun moment is gone. Did you know there's a long-acting treatment option available? So catch the sunset and keep the party going. Visit PillFreeHIV.com today to learn more. Brought to you by Vive Healthcare. Greetings, Earthlings. <laughs> this extraterrestrial is Sam Sanders. And I'm Zach Stafford. And I'm Saeed Jones. And you, my dears, are listening to Vibe Check. I can't believe this is the last week of the year already, but you know we could not leave 2022 without giving you a special episode. We are not leaving this year without a few more declarations, judgments, recommendations. We're going to talk about our favorite moments of the year, our favorite pop culture staples, and also what we are leaving behind and what our intentions are for 2023. So we're going to talk about like what stays here and what we're taking with us. But before we get into all of that, sisters, how are y'all feeling? Zach, how about you? How you doing? I'm good. I'm ready for this year to be over. (laughs) 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 I'm like, and we're going to talk about like intentions and what we want next year to be. But I feel like this was the first year of, you know, pandemic, but also tiptoeing out of the house and getting Mm -hmm. back into it. And I'm finally feeling ready to step into a new version of this life in a COVID world. So yeah, I'm just ready to like celebrate with y'all. We are together in Mexico City. I'm excited. I'm happy. I'm glad it's in the year. I'm I'm ready to drink tequila. I'm ready to eat more tacos, all those things. So I'm I'm good and ready. How are you saying? I feel good. I think, you know, as this year wraps up, I'm trying not to run away from my feelings, run away from my accomplishments. And yeah, I think you're absolutely right. You know, 2022 has been a bizarre liminal year. That word's been coming up in conversation a lot lately. But I think all of us has felt a little bit like caught in between two realities. And to publish a book and to have it come out this year and to be on the road and to, you know, go to book festivals and all these, you know, wonderful Mm -hmm. cultural events that I haven't been able to do for like two and a half years. It's been pretty surreal. And I'm so I'm happy I got to do it. But also, yeah, as as this year wraps up, I feel like I need time to like process Mm -hmm. (laughs) what just happened, you know, and not just go, go, go. So I'm, I'm grateful that 
December is giving me an opportunity to slow down, to have some time to rest, some time to be with y'all and friends, and just reflect. Because, yeah, honestly, I don't know how I feel about everything that has happened. (laughs) I've been so busy on just getting it done, you know? Mm -hmm, So I'm grateful mm -hmm. to kind of think for a bit. And that's a privilege. That's a privilege. Sam, how about you? You know, I'm feeling good. I went home to Texas last week to do second Thanksgiving with my mother and my brother and the family down there. And they kind of were just like, okay, I guess. <laughs> they kind of moved on for Thanksgiving. But I was like, damn it, we're doing this. And we did a bunch of barbecue. Sometimes you got to wrangle people to get away with like, this. We're doing this. Um, I had this moment getting back to L.A. that has kind of been setting my intention since the moment. And I think Mm. it's going to be my vibe for 2023. I was going to go say bye to my mother and give her some flowers before going to the airport. But my schedule worked out in a way to where I could look for something else to do or get to the airport Mm -hmm. like two hours early, which I never do. Mm -hmm. I got to the airport two hours early and I was like, (laughs) oh, this is the move. Yeah. And so like, <laughs> literally, I'm like, oh, baby, this is, we rolling now. We what living. did you do at the airport for two hours? Because here's my issue. This is the issue. I, yeah. I, I see the benefits of getting to the airport early and not being rushed. The issue is a lot of airports, especially at this point over the last couple of years with, you know, economic, they suck. Like they're not yeah. pleasant to yeah. be. And even the lounges lately have been overcrowded. Lounges so what are too full. Do? Delta yeah. has said that their lounges are too full now and they're going to cut yeah. people off, but it's just ratchet. I'm like, what's the reward for yeah. me showing no, up early? Here's thing, what happened to me. The San Antonio airport is actually pretty nice and never too full. They and have a I lot of been, restaurants. I like that they one. do a lot of good restaurants, good coffee, good brisket. But I have been on the fence about thinking about writing a book for years. <gasps> Breaking news. I, I didn't know this. I wrote the first part of my proposal. <gasps> I wrote the really? first part of my proposal because I was there early. Okay. How did yes. you not tell us you were thinking about okay. doing a book? Especially you can't Saeed. say it until you've written it. You can't say it until you've <laughs> written it. True. That's my rule. Just, that's that's Anywho, that's true. all this yeah. has given me the intention of like, oh, Sam, the vibe for me next year is to avoid any unnecessary feeling of being rushed. I don't mm. like to be rushed. And if I can avoid it in my own life and in my own schedule, do that. I get that. Life is going to rush me enough. Mm. If I can build into my life two-hour airport breaks, you know, metaphorically, mm-hmm. yeah. that's my vibe next year. Okay. So that's metaphoric two-hour airport break. I love it. There I love it. Well, before we jump in, I just want to tell everyone for the last time this year that we thank you so much for the fan mail, for the tweets, for the DMs, for the everything. Please keep it coming in the new year and we'll keep engaging with you. And if you'd like to send us some notes, email us. You can email us at vibecheckatsister.com. So with that, shall we jump in? Let's go. Let's do it. This might be the hardest segment that we tape all year because we're going to have to talk about our favorite things of the year, but we only get two things a piece. Mm-hmm. And I had Jeez. a lot of things that I loved yeah. in 2022. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to keep it tight, nice, tight, and right, and talk about our two either favorite cultural moments of this year or biggest, most infamous cultural moments of this year. I think we got to have Zach go first because you've got the two biggest heavy hitters and I want you to start with the bad one. I want you to start with the bad one. Go ahead. Oh, I get to start with the bad one? Okay, fine. Fine, fine, fine. Was it bad? I don't know. Well, I think that's what we'll talk about. Like, what, What actually was this moment? So the biggest moment for me this year 
and culture, and maybe rivals my second one, happened on March 27th, 2022. Ooh, that's if you don't know ago. that date, and it does feel very long ago, that was the day of the Oscars. And it's also the night in which Will Smith took his black ass on stage and slapped <laughs> the shit out of Chris Rock, <laughs> and no one has stopped talking about it since. And Will Smith said, Philly stand up. Over- <laughs> yes. <laughs> he said, he said, gritty who? I'm gritty. <laughs> but if you don't remember what exactly happened, this controversy began. If you began don't remember with, what happened, like, you don't listen to this podcast. Yeah, you just do not yeah. need to explain this. I mean, I yeah, TLDR, Jada Pinkett is a badass and she sent Will Smith up to the stage and he slapped shit out of Chris Rock and then he won Best Actor and now Will Smith has disappeared from Hollywood but is now re-emerging as of this quarter after an interview with Trevor Noah and his movie Emancipation on Apple coming out just this month. So what do y'all think about that? What did you think about the slap? But mostly, what did you think about what the slap means for culture, entertainment, and what we're feeling today from it? This is the thing about the meaning. My favorite tweet about the whole endeavor came from Amanda Mull of The Atlantic. And she basically said, and I'm paraphrasing here, sometimes weird things just happen and all you can say is, damn, that was weird. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe there's no greater meaning to this. Right. Right. Maybe he just had an off night. Maybe there's and that no profound crazy right revelation yeah. at the yeah. Deep. Yeah. And yeah. and like one thing that really annoyed me in the aftermath of the slap is that every newsmaking institution in the world needed to find every black person who had ever written or talked about news and see what you think about it. Mm-hmm. I was turning down media requests about the slap for a month. And it's mm-hmm. just like, no, <laughs> I hate this. Yeah. Like y'all weren't yeah. reaching out to me that much after George Floyd died. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I think that's what, and when I say good, I mean something that's dense, that's rich and abundant, not necessarily morally good, but that's what good pop culture is. It Mm -hmm. becomes something, you're right, Sam, I think often there's actually no meaning at the center. It's kind of like, I mean, we're going to talk about this movie in a second, but everything, everywhere, all at once, it's the everything bagel with the nothing in the middle. But (laughs) good culture becomes something that resonates with people in all walks of life. You know, Mm -hmm. all age groups, all generations, all ethnicities and identities. And then everyone, like, begins to build and assign meaning around it in a way that I think ends up being more fascinating than the catalyst. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And I think the slap, you're right. Like, I was not, like, at the end of the day, I'm wholly uninterested in trying to parse what Will Smith or Jada or Chris Rock were thinking in that moment. Seemed, like, very human, embarrassingly human to Mm -hmm. me. You know? Yeah, and yeah. that's where, like, I think that was the big obsession was, is this a human moment or is this, like, a right. pop culture moment that tells us something about ourselves? Right. Because people were looking at it and they're like, oh, my God, what does this say about being a comedian, violence we face, cancel culture, all this stuff? And there was the other part of Twitter that said, they should have just dealt with this off stage as, like, Black people. Black people should have just handled this together. And I was in the middle being like, what happens if he was just, like, hyped from the night and just hit him and forgot where he was? Yeah. And it is what it is. Yeah. And it could be that simple. But I think we live in a world that's like, no, I gotta, this to needs to mean layers. something because I care so much about it. And yes. I don't know why I care so much about it. The funniest take that I heard in the aftermath of the slap, one of my good friends, Katie, also a journalist, she was like, Sam, when I saw the slap, all I really thought is, it's probably too early for us all to be getting back together post-pandemic. Right. We shouldn't be like, outside if, yet. If there was We're ever right a sign. <laughs> We're not right. We should be inside a little bit longer. Oh but I do God. think this story 
every few years you get like what I call a perfect news story and it checks mm-hmm. all the boxes. It's a story about race. It's a story about Hollywood. It's a story about sex and gender. It's a story also about sports because he won mm-hmm. for a tennis movie. It's a story about business in the mm-hmm. industry of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. This story literally could end up in any section mm-hmm. of the paper. Right? So, and then also the world's greatest living athlete, Serena Williams, is sitting in the audience right next to her yes. sister. And this is a film about their father right before the end of Serena's, whatever this era yeah. of her career is. You know, yeah. it's, just, it's, just, yeah. it's, it's just like all the kind of, you're right, stars align in terms of. As yes. they're presenting the best documentary feature at the Oscars, which went to Quest Love right. for Summer of Soul, which, is which was about movie. black history, black so, so it was just too perfect. And, it just kind of sits there. So we got to leave it there for that one because my next one will get us equally as excited, I think. And I would <sighs> argue the biggest cultural moment of the year, which I will give the mm-hmm. crown to, is Beyonce, Knowles Carter releasing Renaissance. Without question. It just, you know, we the still truth don't is, know. This is the, this is yeah, the cultural is moment the of cultural the year. Moment. Let's be clear. You know? I will say it is a testament to her power that she got a number one single with Break My Soul with no video. And the second single, per se, is Cuff It. It's in the top 20 right now. It's one of the 20 yeah. biggest songs in the country. No video. Just motherfuckers yeah. TikToking to it online. Yeah. That's all we got. Yeah. She's just using her voice. And that's why it's such a major moment that's going to last forever and ever because she's like slowly giving to us, like piecemealing it over mm-hmm. and over. And the mm-hmm. fact that we allow her and we still get excited. And if you even like see a fake tweet that says, oh my God, the album's coming, your your blood pressure spikes, just shows you how this moment is like the cultural moment of the year. And only Beyonce could have done it. Because not even Adele is like, Adele's like, gives us moments. Like her TikToks of her show these days are wonderful, but it's still not yeah. kind of omnipresent like Beyonce Knowles Carter is right now. And what I love about this year of Beyonce is that she's doing several things at once that most pop artists couldn't even do one at a time. Mm. Yeah. So she made an album where she's never sounded better. Right. She's made an album that is more musically dense and rich and better produced than anything she's ever made before. So to make the best album of your career, that's enough on its own. Mm-hmm. But usually when artists do that, it's also not as commercially viable and as enduring as, and as popular as this album has been, right? right. Yeah. So she makes an album that's her best work yet, and it's a hit, and it's a hit with no videos. And she's at this level of her career where the Grammys have basically already said, we're going to give you all the awards, girl. Yeah. All of them. And they would have to be lying to our faces. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No other pop star at the height of their powers has done all of the great things Beyonce has done this year with no videos. Mm-hmm. Like, so besides this being an artistic triumph, to see this woman be really famous and really good at it and really successful for more than 20 years now, my hat's off to like your mm-hmm. strategy. Yeah, Your strategy yeah. in this industry is commendable. Yeah. Also, can I praise, and this is something that a nitpick that's been building on me. I might be talking about it more in the new year. I also want to praise the lyrics of the album. I think yeah. the art of lyricism in pop music is kind of going away. Everything mm-hmm. is starting to sound like it was written on people's iPhones, like it's like snatched from TikToks. And I've missed the 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 artistry of the kind of relatable but still kind of elevated. That's a very difficult sweet spot to kind of hit. You know what I mean? Like she's not trying to be some like mystic witchy Florence Welch person. There's there's a quality in the songs lyrics like I want to go missing, which I just think it's just it's like good. a brilliant lyric. Yes. I just have come to really appreciate that because 
you're right. It's like the longer you listen to the album, the more you're rewarded because on every level, mm-hmm. you know, she's she's giving us the best. And it's the only album in the history of the world that I like listening to the album as a whole. I hate the pieces. I hate when like Cuff It comes on by itself. Yeah, I can't put it in. I'm waiting for the next song. Yeah, I want them all together. So there we go. That's why it's just so powerful. So it's time for us to take a quick break, but stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hey there, Zach Stafford, co-host of Vibe Check. And something I heard really early on in my career was this phrase that has never left me. It is, you can't be what you can't see. And for me, that is so true. All of the black people I got to grow up and watch on television, be journalists and so much more, are the foundation to why I continue to have a media career. And that's the case for so, so many people. And if you're looking for the next generation of influential black voices in media, you can find all of them on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations, there's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. It's NPR Noir. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. We are back and we are continuing this conversation about the biggest moments of the year. Saeed Jones, what are your things you're loving this year? I decided to pick two pop culture fave staples that I just think brought us a lot of joy and can still bring us a lot of joy as we revisit them in the coming years. The first is the film Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, starring Michelle Yeoh. I mean, y'all know, I feel like we've talked about this this film in a lot yeah. of different iterations. The, the performances, the entire ensemble, is, it's not just Michelle, it's Stephanie Hsu, Jamie Lee Curtis, Jenny Slate, like just an incredible cast. But also, I just feel like, you know, obviously Marvel and and that juggernaut has been obsessed with the idea of multiverses. But also, Mm -hmm. I think because of all of us being in this kind of cultural stasis for the last couple of years, it feels significant to have this really well-made feature film come along at a moment where we're understandably all kind of wondering, would things have been different if if I'd gone no. left as opposed to right yeah. at that juncture? You know, it, it just really kind of, I think, was on our minds. Even the themes of nihilism versus hope, you know, and like making sense of how to navigate that, I just... I love all of that. I love when a piece of pop culture, a film, a movie, an album, whatever it is, is good on its own inherently, Mm -hmm. but also the parts are good. Like the individual performances Mm -hmm. are incredible. You know, even down to the props, the little trophy that Jamie Lee Curtis's character has, like the way the payoff with that. But then also, you know, that is also resonating. It's not just entertaining. I felt more in touch with my humanity and more Mm -hmm. equipped to kind of acknowledge what I had been feeling and and the world that, you know, we're all kind of living in together. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say what I get so excited about with the film is that in a year of lots of queer films rolling out, so Mm. bros, spoiler alert, which 
fun fact, is not bad. It's a very good, if you want to go cry in a theater, go see Spoiler yeah. Alert. And this movie, and I would say this movie has helped us see what the future of a queer film can be and what a coming out story can contain within it. That it doesn't mm-hmm. just need to be the moment of, mom, I'm gay, and you see the fallout of that. But it can be more artistic. It can be more elevated and more interesting and see that coming out is the beginning of the story, not the end of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just think what it's done for queer storytelling is tremendous. And it was done by two men that don't currently identify as queer. And they were able to work yeah. with queer people to make it. So I just think it's a triumph on yeah. every level. And it's a triumph because one, it became a sleeper hit with no existing IP. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. felt like it was totally new and came out of nowhere. Right. And it centered Asian Americans. You know, this mm-hmm. was a movie that was written for a man. They wanted the lead to go to Jackie Chan and they wanted the daughter to be played by Aquafina. Any executive seeing the specs for this film on paper would say, because they're so conservative and scared right now, well, this won't work, this won't work, this won't work. An Asian woman's a lead, but it's an action movie, but it's not MCU, but it's also a love story, but it's also about Mm -hmm. parenthood and what, this won't work. And yet it does. Like Mm -hmm. that to me is as impressive as just how good the film is. Like it's not supposed to work, but it does. And I, yeah. it makes me feel hopeful about the movie industry. I think yes. for a while, mm-hmm. I was down on like the state of the industry and I thought they only could make horror movies and MCU stuff. Mm-hmm. But to see this film succeed gives me hope for more films like this. I love that. Yeah. And absolutely online, the theme of the hope. And I love that. Isn't that great when you can enjoy something and also like feel better, like more yes. broadly? Because yeah. of it. my second choice for 2022 is a video game by Santa Monica Studios, God of War Ragnarok. I just finished playing this game just the other day. I can go back and play the side quests and all that kind of stuff because it's never really over. Um, <laughs> but I finished the main story over the weekend and it's just... So beautiful. It's storytelling at its best. Like I was saying, like lyrics. Let's get down to the sentence level in terms of writing. Um, At one point, a character says, death can have me when it earns me. Ooh. Come on, somebody. Okay. Come on, okay. somebody. Um, That's poetry. Isn't is that good? It's poetry. Yeah. The lyricism. Yeah. It's all about mythology. And so the history of storytelling is very much a part of it. But also, this is the second part of a kind of two-part installment in this franchise. And it's ultimately about a father and son learning to love each other. And mm. learning to love each other in the wake of grief after the wife, mother, or Faye dies in the last game. Like, the last time we saw these characters when they were introduced to us was the mother's funeral, you know? And so it it started with the idea of, like, what does it mean to be grieving as a partner when you also have a kid you now need to take care of, right? And you're you're two human beings grieving in different ways. So now in the second part to see the characters come back together and the scale— Oh my gosh. And I just feel like if I were a Marvel, and y'all know I stand Marvel. You know I'm a Marvel nerd, right? But I I feel like if I was a Marvel executive and I saw this game and played it and saw the depth and the nuance they were able to bring to characters like Thor, like Mm -hmm. Loki, like Odin, who obviously are all over the MCU, I would be embarrassed because (laughs) baby, they made these characters real. You know what I mean? And I was thinking about so much of Sam, like what you said, where you were like, you know, there'd be these incredible moments in Wakanda forever and then the movie would rush away from it. Mm -hmm. And I was really struck that because of the nature of video games and the freedom and structure, there would be these soft moments and you'd be Mm. able to stay and linger. The game is okay with silence. Like, yes, there's the fighting and there's actually like Mm. a huge war at the end. There are dragons and all of that. But there are also moments of just like quiet devastation, quiet beauty and awe. And I was just like, wow. And so I just, I don't know. And I want to say this to people 
who don't think they are video game people and can't see themselves getting into this. Here's my tip. There's a mode, there's a play mode that you can do with these games now where you can choose give me story. Oh. <laughs> that's literally that like make fun. it as easy as you would love it. It's great. Like okay. if, if that's all what you're and you get to like fight and play and there are a lot of puzzles and stuff, but it's like these games, I think as millennials, we were kind of like made to feel like video games were only for a certain type of person. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. thus a lot of us feel locked out. But I'm here to tell you that this is a great game and I know y'all would love it. So that's, that's the end. I would talk about it for the rest of the day. Okay. I grew up being a gamer. I love PlayStation so much and I love RPGs. I would be addicted to this because I you love it so much, which means I would I do be. love it. It's like I play one or two games a year. I'm not playing like constantly. Really, like I said before in a, another episode, I tend to save the video games for the winter <laughs> yep. yeah. when I'm home a lot. So it's kind of, I try to be, like when it's summer and I know I want to be running out and, you know, and all the kind of stuff I'm not playing. But yes, it's worth it. It's worth it, y'all. Okay. Uh-huh. All, right. all right, Sam, take us okay. to the mountaintop. I know you will. I have two picks, and this is not my favorite album of the year, but it's a close second, and I want people to know about it, so I'm talking about it now. Of course, my favorite album this year was Renaissance, but the new album from this French-Belgian pop artist named Stromae is truly Mm. incredible. Mm. I tell my friends when I'm like, listen to Stromae, I say he makes perfect global pop. He makes like Mm -hmm. World Cup music. Mm. It's music that sounds like it's from 15 different countries at once. (laughs) It's brilliantly produced. And he does this wonderful thing with most of his songs where the song sounds happy, but the lyrics are really kind of yeah, deep I was and thinking, introspective. Okay, because the, the only song I remember, it was like from 2015. Was it Papa, Papa Day? Tui. All about his, his yeah. dad mm-hmm. and feeling the and, band. And, 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 well, you listened to it and I was like, it's a yes. fucking bop. And then I looked up the lyrics and I was <laughs> like, oh my really God, whoa, father, why really you difficult yeah. relationship with this father. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this new album is more of that, but on an even more dramatic scale. Mm. Some of the songs on here, it feels like he's scoring a prestige drama. It's so dramatic. My favorite track from the album is this song called L'Enfer. And it starts out as this like piano ballad, but then right before the chorus comes in, this EDM almost synth drop like punches you in the throat. It is my favorite musical moment of the year. It's peak drama and I love it. But this album should be on everyone's list. Play this album. Love this album. It's all in French. Google the lyrics. You can do it. Strome. <laughs> it is an incredible, incredible, incredible album. It's called Multitude. And let me say this. Strome is fine, too. I just, He's really I fine. Like fine. I feel like yeah. very genderqueer. Mm-hmm. Uh, my second pick for the year is another piece of art that I just felt was perfectly realized and should have been watched by more people. And that is the really, 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 really great Apple TV Plus show, Severance. Yes. Saeed, you also love yes. it. Yes. Oh. This show is the fucking truth. I still have not watched it and everyone talks about it. I'll do that now. Get into it. So this show, there's a few things I love about it, but the most important part of it to me, the best part of this show is that it feels like the whole team that made it sat in a dark room with no outside influence until it was done. Mm -hmm. They built this world Mm -hmm. that feels close to our world, but not quite. And in feeling so separate and apart, they're able to tell the story without it being bothered or burdened down by any current pop culture references. Mm-hmm. Like you kind kinda of like know novel. what year it's in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you kind of know what, what year it's in, but you're not right. sure. You kind of know where it's set, but you're not sure. Right. And that mm-hmm. ambiguity and like facelessness of the world allows you to just live in it. Mm-hmm. Right. And on top of that, 
It's really, really beautiful, wonderful cinematography, mm-hmm. and the plot moves at a perfectly delectable speed. Mm-hmm. At first, you think it's moving really slow, mm-hmm. and then you realize it's been moving faster. And then you get to the finale. It is the best cliffhanger I've seen in the last decade. The stress. Look. Because, <laughs> <laughs> look, Sam and I are trying not to give anything away. Yes, like, yes. But in Incredible. I mean, yeah. that's the thing at this point. You go, how many different ways are there to do a cliffhanger? It's like, it's they, did it. the they found a new way. <laughs> <laughs> they found a new way. And the cliffhanger yeah. was so good. They got hate mail from fans being like, this was too cliffhanger. It hurt uh-huh. me too much. I'm and and Ben Stiller is a good director. Like, is this yeah. is what Very I'm hearing. He does director. a great job with this. I love that. Yeah. I like Very that man director. a lot. I really have been revisiting his movies. He's wonderful. Yeah. A thing I've noticed in a lot of shows that are happening right now, they try to be too tapped into the zeitgeist. And that makes them suffer. Like, mm. I want to love this Gossip Girl reboot, but mm. every third line is like a reference to some tweet or some right. TikTok, and I just can't invest. Right. Severance does this wonderful job of offering a commentary about our day in life right here mm-hmm. by being totally separate from it. Mm-hmm. They create a yeah. separate world, which is the best way to reflect our current world, if that makes sense. And since I've been focusing on lyrics, sentences, and line works throughout this, one of my favorite TV lines of the year is Patricia Arquette on the show, mm. an incredible performance, in disgust at another character at one point. She says, if you want a hug, go to hell and find your mother. I love that. Okay, I'll watch. You gotta watch. I will. Those are my picks. All right, those are our picks for the year. We're going to take a break right now, but when we come back, we'll have some uh, inspirations for the new year. Yeah. Stay with us. Hey, friends. I'm Alameen Abdul-Mahmoud. I'm the host of the new podcast, Commotion. If you don't know about us yet, well, we are your daily deep dive into the biggest stories coming out of the world of pop culture, art, and entertainment. And luckily, I'm not going to be doing it alone, okay? I'll be joined by some brilliant culture writers and thoughtful superfans. We're going to have hilarious hot takes. We're going to have vibrant debates. Consider this your invitation to join the group chat. Get in here and join us. Commotion, available weekdays on CBC Listen. All right, we are back. And since it is the end of the year, we've decided for our determinations, for our intentions as we kind of cross the barrier into the future, we wanted to first make note of something we each want to leave behind in 2022. It could be a person, a place, a thing, an existential framework. Who knows? But we're leaving something (laughs) behind. Yes. (laughs) And then we wanted to share an intention, a goal, or determination for 2023. So I love that. I love that. Zach, do you want to get us started? I'll get going, yeah. Okay. So for me, the word that is kind of encapsulating my mood is uh, scarcity. And I want to leave that behind because Mm. I feel as if when the pandemic hit, you know, I was the editor-in-chief of The Advocate. I was hosting AIM to DM. I was working a lot and there was a lot of like work abundance and I was at things all the time. There's a bunch going on. And the world stopped and I felt very fearful with everything going on. I was like, am I never going to work again? Am I going to, will there not be a life for me after this? Is media changing? And then Twitter was falling apart. And I was like, what happens with life without Twitter? Like everything just feels like it's falling, falling, falling. And it's put me into a scarcity mindset where I'm Mm. like, 
rushing to like take more on. I feel like I'm storing more food. Just everything feels like we're at mm. the end of the world. And I think especially after w- reading your work, Saeed, I want to like let the scarcity go and just be like, you know, if this is the end of the world, if this is whatever it is, mm. I want to at least have abundance in this. I want to be able there to have ha- joy and, and happiness and friendships and love. And so I think I'm trying to leave behind that scarcity mindset that was making me feel really anxious and stressed about everything and making me do everything that came my way. I was like, okay, this is the last time I can do this. I have to do this. I have to do this. And it's moving me towards what I'm going to call my year of maybe. So mm. people yes! probably- <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> my Sam, year of maybe. Just, oh, I'm like, I'm stealing that. Profound. Because Shonda Rhimes, you know, she famously said her year of yes, which a lot of people have run with, where they're like, yes to this. Yes, I'll go on this trip. Yes, I'll take this job. And let me tell you, I have been to that mountaintop. It is exhausting to say yes to every single thing. Mm-hmm. But what I'm trying to do more is to hear requests, whether it's to hang out for drinks, to go to a party, to go to something. And instead of responding with that immediate reaction I have of either yes or no, I mm-hmm. want to take a second and like sit in it and think about it and be intentional about everything that I do, whether it's a work project or just getting a drink with someone I haven't seen in a while. To be like, am I in the mindset to sit with someone for two hours and really listen to them mm-hmm. or to share with them? So I think like I just really want to live in a maybe that like anything's possible. Mm. Just give me space to think about it and consider it. Because I just think we all live in this world that there are people say to you, just do it, just try it, just take and take and take and, you know, I'm done with that for now. So letting go of scarcity and leaning into maybe. That's me. I love that. She said, call me. Maybe. <laughs> Call me, maybe. <laughs> oh my God, Sam, what are you thinking? <laughs> Not to take it back to the two hours early to the airport, but to take it back there. I think the energy I want. You've been there point, all this time. You just been listen, sitting at your gateway. Yeah, still at the airport. Well. Still at the airport. <laughs> but a thing I keep thinking about and the energy that I want to have for 2023 is life is already anxiety inducing enough. How can I build my life and my schedule and my day-to-day in a way that I'm not self-imposing any more anxiety? And I think what I felt in that moment where I just got to the airport early and was early, it was like this light went on And it's like some of the anxiety in life comes to us regardless. Some of the anxiety in life we choose Mm -hmm. by overextending ourselves, by saying yes to too much, by being around folks we don't want to be around, by doing things we don't want to do. And so one of the questions I want to ask myself before I say yes to any number of things next year is, will this give me anxiety? And if that's the case, do I need to do it? Do I want to do it? Or do I think I'm supposed to do it? Mm. And usually a lot of the stuff that would stress me out the most, I can actually say no to. So just like not bringing on any unnecessary anxiety. That is my goal for the new year. And it's Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, Zach, you're saying maybe a lot next year. I think I'm going to be just saying no a lot more next year. (laughs) Just no. Just no. Mm -hmm. Mama's tired. Mama wants to rest, go outside, touch grass. When I think about your schedule, Sam, you're doing two shows. You're just doing so much that I do think now is perfect for you. The thing is, something I've learned, and I so much of what you're saying is resonating. Hesitancy 
is vital information. It's mm-hmm. worthy information. You know, sometimes we might be hesitant because an idea is ambitious and we know there are real challenges, but it's still worth taking on. But but that hesitancy is alerting us to the stakes. Sometimes yeah. we're hesitant because we know we don't actually want to do something and we feel there are other pressures, you know, kind of pushing us maybe a little bit further than we want to go. But I think, yeah, it's like, it's worth listening to. I don't think it's like it has to end with hesitancy, you know, just because yeah. you're nervous don't do something. Well, that's not yeah. quite it. But yeah, it's like, I just think so often we've been made to feel that we're supposed to like disregard mm-hmm. the like, in our stomach. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh no, let's let's talk to that for yeah. a moment and see what it has to say. Yeah, it's your interior knocking at your door. Being like, hey girl, right. I have something to add here. I have something to say and we should probably listen to those things more. And it doesn't mean it's a no. I think people avoid that anxiety because they're like, well, no, if I think about it too much, then I won't go. It's like, no, mm-hmm. like you should think about it to have a real check-in with with yourself because you may actually want to say yes and go again tomorrow. You don't know, but definitely listen to your body when it's saying, Hey girl, I have a I have something to share with you. Yeah. Well, and and also what I'm really trying to internalize more and more is that like in our life, there are seasons. There are mm-hmm. seasons of growth, there are seasons of retraction, there are seasons of bigness and seasons of smallness. And being aware of what season our body needs to be in, that should guide us. A lot of times we see our careers and our lives as constantly always moving upward and forward at the same velocity. It's a tango, it's a winding road, it's an unbeaten path. There's no need to be rushing all the fucking time is what I'm saying. I'm gonna leave it there. Say Amen. <laughs> I guess I would preface this by saying I think that even if you don't say or do something explicitly, I think the spirit with which you live informs how things play out. And I think I've had a spirit of apology. Maybe we'll call it survivor's guilt for much of this year. I've really struggled with acknowledging how happy I am to be alive, Mm -hmm. how happy I am to be doing work that I believe in, having that work acknowledged. I just feel like, and again, I haven't, I hope I haven't been running around saying it. I hope you haven't been like, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, every time we talk to Saeed, he's like, but inside I've had this, it's it's difficult to pinpoint that. And earlier when I was talking about reflection, this is part of what I want to use to reflect upon, but I, I want to leave behind this apologizing for my abundance. I deserve to be here. Mm. I deserve to thrive I deserve to do more than merely survive. Mm -hmm. And being ambitious, being successful, being creative, I am lucky enough to be able to continue to do so. I I guess I felt a sense of shame. You know, I'm just Mm -hmm. like, God, so many people aren't, you know, so much has happened. And it's just like, it turns every existential sentence into a run-on sentence. Because Mm -hmm. I'm putting in a bunch of commas and trying, well, you know, and then everyone does, you know, and I just can't just say, I'm proud of myself. I want to just, I want to leave behind that tension. If that makes sense. I love that. And I'm proud of you for saying that because someone asked Mm. me recently about you that is a friend of both of ours. And I forget who it was, but I said, I've never seen Saeed so happy before. And it wasn't when I said it, I remember thinking it's not because of Haas only. Like Haas is part of it, but Mm -hmm. it feels like there's a lot happening. And I think as you were talking just now, I agree that there seems to be a singularity in your life for the first time that I've seen in, you know, eight years that I've known you where you seem to love every aspect of everything going on. Like the work feels good. The love feels good. The friends feel good. The home feels good. And I think most people never hit that singularity. And Mm -hmm. that the fact that you, after going through so much over your life, Mm -hmm. got there, you should be proud of that. And I'm so grateful 
Yeah, and I'm tired today. of fighting it. And it's, I mean, so much of what you both have said, you know, it's it's trauma. It's it's just a yeah. lot going on where I think we're made to feel that like the other shoe's gonna drop any minute now. Don't mm-hmm. get too excited. Don't get too happy. You're inviting mm-hmm. trouble. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like, well, at some point, the truth is the truth, and the truth is things are going pretty well. And maybe they won't always be that way, but I want to acknowledge that now. Well, yeah. and I gotta say watching you have such a good year and be just doing well on all counts right now. I love to see you do that because it's inspiring to me. And I know it's inspiring Mm -hmm. to others when Mm -hmm. we can see someone who is living in their abundance and loving their life. It rubs off. It rubs off. There'll be days where I'm like about to stress myself out or about to not be grateful for something. And literally I'll feel myself channeling y'all's positive energy channeling mm-hmm. other people in my life who are just on a good plane. So it's mm-hmm. it's not just for you, Saeed. It's not just for you. You living in your abundance, it is inspiring people more than you know, is what I'll I say. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Well, then for my intention, I've been trying to, with all this in mind, kind of distill it as best I can to a sentence because of the yeah. you know desire for that clarity. And so my sentence is, I am determined to live vibrantly in rhythm with my purpose and my needs. Mm. And my needs, that part, and my needs. Love it. That's what I'll be working on. Well, you know, pop culture moment of the year, baby, it was vibe check. <laughs> hey now. Hey now. That's tea. So That's tea. much to yeah. be able to come yeah. together and these conversations and, you know, it just, you're right. It's like, it bounces off. It really is a dialogue, you mm-hmm. know, and I've learned so much from all of you and I'm just like really, really grateful. To so. Snickers and beyond. Ah! To Snickers <laughs> and beyond. Look, we weren't going to leave. Look, Snickers are coming with us. Ooh, come on, Snickers. We're going that- into the future. If I'm not reading ads for Snickers next year, Look, somebody messed up. Don't leave Something that money on the table. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was fun. Listeners, we want to know what you are leaving behind and what your intentions are for this new year. Email us at vibecheck at stitcher.com. Well, that's our show and happy new year to everyone. I hope y'all are having bubbles if you drink or something else if you don't. Well, until next year, thank you for tuning in today. This was the last episode of the year of Vibe Check. Oh, although we wild. come <laughs> to the end. Don't speak that. Don't speak an end on this. We need to keep this going, okay? Just of the year. Just of the year. And to keep it going, you should show your love of the show and support us by tweeting more, by telling your friends about us, by reviewing us. So do all that and we'll stay around for 2023. 2024 and forever we hope but we really need y'all to help spread the word word of mouth is the most powerful tool also huge thank you to our producer Chantel Holder engineer Brendan Burns and Marcus Holm for our theme music and sound design special thanks to our executive producers Nora Ritchie at Stitcher and Brendan Sharp from Agenda Management and Production and last but not least thank you to Jared O'Connell and Emil Deskinder for all of their help And of course, listeners, we want to thank you for being you. We could not do this show without you. And we always want to hear from you. You can reach out to us at any time via email at vibecheck at stitcher.com. Tell us how your holidays are going. Tell us your favorite pop culture from the year. Tell us what you're doing to keep your vibe right for the new year. Let us know. We love to hear from you. Vibecheck at stitcher.com. Also, find us on Instagram at Sam Sanders, at Zach Staff, and at The Ferocity. Use the hashtag VibeCheckPod if you post about the show. Also, find us on TikTok at VibeCheckPod. 
until next time, have a wonderful holiday season and a happy new year. We'll be back next Wednesday with a new episode. In the meantime, how do we say goodbye in Spanish besides adios? Because we're all in Mexico right now as Ciao. we hear this. Ciao. 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 Adios. Hasta luego. Ciao. Hasta luego. <laughs> <laughs> Stitcher. Hey, Vibe Check listeners. Check out Zach Stafford in the latest episode of Stars and Stars with Issa, where I read his birth chart. Because I'm such a dreamer. Like, I love what you said about a lot of revolutionaries that I love and know. They all are in Pisces, and they're all able to, like, build new worlds around them. And I find so much joy out of building new worlds and new ways of thinking. You can follow us anywhere you get your podcasts and also online at Stars and Stars with Isa on Instagram and TikTok.